0: Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Awesome. Listen, hey, I'm going to step away from my notes for a second. I'm just going to talk with you guys real quick. I had a rough day today. Anybody have a tough day today recently? Man, today was one of those days where like, you can ask my wife, I texted her every half hour with like, I was just really whiny today, Uh, just hit after hit. Nothing like really bad, but just a lot of little things, and it just kind of stunk, And uh, I was stressing a little bit. I was whining a little bit. I was just having a rough day. And then I got here, and man, y'all lift my spirits, and I'm glad to be here. And I hope you guys are glad to be here, too. Are we glad to be here tonight? Awesome. Awesome. I'm so happy. Uh, Iron Man. Iron Man, come here for a sec. This is the type of stuff that I like about being here. It's Marvel vs. DC night tonight. Here's Iron Man, everybody. All right, say it with us. Tell us who you are. I am Iron Man. Man. No, 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 come on. Say it from the heart. I am Iron Man. Even better. All right, let's give it for Iron Man. All right, nice job. And uh, in case your shirt's wrinkly, he can help you out a little bit there. Hey, so last week we started this series called Not Yet, and uh, we talked about... um, Oh, God was still working on you, and you're still a work in progress, and today was one of those days where I needed to be reminded of that because I got real impatient, just like I talked about last week, and today we're going to talk about something a little different. Um, we're going to tackle a tough question, and one that's been asked for a long time by a lot of people, and it's probably going to be asked for a lot, lot longer, um, and it's when we think about our future, and we think about where we're going in life as we get older. As some of you guys are seniors, and you're t- talking about college. Maybe you've got college picked out already, but you're talking about beyond college and what's my life gonna look like what am I gonna become what will I do and the big question that so many people ask is what's my purpose what is my purpose in life what is my purpose you know it's one thing to know God is working on you like we talked about last week it's cool to know that I'm an uh, imperfect product right now God's not done with me that's good to know it's another thing to know what my purpose is It's another thing to know like why I'm here and what God wants me to do with life. Maybe you've wondered that. It's a big question. It's a question people have asked forever. People who don't even share our faith ask that question. What is the meaning of life? What is our purpose? Uh, But let's start with an easier question, all right? Before you try to figure out your your own purpose, I got some stuff we're gonna put on the screen. I wanna see if you guys know what the purpose of these things are. I found some inventions that people actually made and these things are actually used. I wanna see if you guys know what any of them are. Let's put the first one on the screen. Does anyone know what this is? It's an apple peeler, corer, slicer. So you put, stick the apple in, you turn it, it peels it, it pulls the core out, and it slices it. It's actually really cool. It looks dangerous and violent, but it's just to make apples easy to eat. Let's take a look at the next one. Anybody know what this is? It is not a thermometer. Do you know what it's called? It's a musical instrument. Yeah, you just use your hand. It's called a theremin. It's really trippy, man. Go on YouTube and look up theremin. You, you, it plays like radio frequencies, and you just put your hand. And it's like, wee, wah, wee. it's, it's, it's messed up. All right, next one. <laughs> Listen, I showed this one to half of the staff here at Miles City, and no one knew what it was. What is it? You're close. Not a carrot, though. You think you put an apple in that? No. This is a hot dog slicer, you guys. It's a hot dog slicer, duh. Who doesn't need one of those? All right, what's the next one? This one actually would come in handy. It's a what thingy? Not not at all. Listen, you you might want one of these at Forge this summer. It's called Zap It. And when you get stung by a mosquito, you put it on the mosquito bite and shoot yourself and it takes away the itch. I don't know, I've never used it. All right, next one. This is our last one. Anyone know what this is? Here's a hint. It's disgusting. I heard Aaron say it. My wife proudly raised her hand, say it nice and loud, Aaron. It's a tongue scraper. Just in case you need to scrape your tongue cuz you're a total weirdo. All right. So If you need to scrape your tongue, you are a germaphobe, and we will pray for you. But those are some different things that all have purpose. The purpose of a tongue scraper might not be as important as the purpose of a hot dog slicer or an apple peeler core slicer, can I tell you something? Our purpose is much more than any of those things. Let's talk about our purpose, all right? Uh, They're strange, They've they've got a purpose, just like some of us are strange, but we've still got a purpose. You can't always tell what someone's purpose is or something's purpose at first glance, And some things actually have a lot of different purposes, obviously, but purpose gets a little more complicated when we put it on people. Now, whether slicing a hot dog is good or not is not for me to decide, and whether we have to have a thing where we go to do it is really not for me to decide. I think that's a waste of time, uh, but it's one I don't have to worry about because God's purpose for you is much more than slicing hot dogs, all right? So if you were take anything home tonight, when you go home and your parents say, what did you learn at church? You say, I was made for more than hot dog slicing. All right. Let's all say that together. I was made for more than hot dog slicing. You did not say it like you meant it. I was made for more than hot dog slicing. Some of y'all need to believe that. What do you think it means to have a purpose? Sometimes we wonder about the purpose of things we do, not just who we are, but the things we do, like waking up early in the morning. Every day when my alarm goes off, I wonder why I have to wake up when I do, I wonder why my kids have to go to school so early. I wonder why they have to learn some of the things they, they learned. When I was in school, I often wondered why, why is calculus a thing? Why do I have to learn this? I don't, I don't get it. Sometimes we wonder about purpose, things like that. Sometimes we wonder about bigger purposes, though. Let's get real for a sec. Sometimes we wonder about purpose when our family is crumbling. Sometimes we wonder about purpose because mom and dad can't seem to get along. Sometimes we wonder about purpose because we can't seem to get along with anybody. Sometimes we wonder about purpose because we get sick and we're not getting better or our family members get sick and we're not getting better. Sometimes we wonder about what purpose is when money's just not there and we gotta pinch pennies to make ends meet sometimes we can't seem to get out of whatever problem we're in or we can't seem to stop going back to that same problem that we find ourselves in it's hard to trust in a purpose when what's happening around us is not good and it's hard to trust that we have a bigger purpose when we look around at our life and we say my life doesn't make any sense sometimes we wonder about the purpose of our lives as a whole we might ask questions like why am I even here what's the point of my life how can I make how can I make my life mean something and sometimes we wonder what God has to say about our purpose. Like, why did God make me the way that I am? Why did, why did God put me where I was put in life? What, is, what, is, what does God say that my purpose is? And that's what we're gonna talk about tonight. How can I find out what God wants me to do with my life? Why won't God make my purpose more clear to me? That's something I struggle with. A lot of times when I pray, I ask God to be crystal clear, like, you've gotta, you've gotta show it to me on a screen, like a screen there, God, because I'm not gonna get it. And I wonder why He doesn't do that. These are big questions, though, and I think they're questions that even you guys have at a young age, and I'm going to tell you right now as I stand on stage, they're, they're questions that don't really go away. They just maybe take on different shapes and sizes, but as we try to find answers, we get confused about what purpose really means. Just like the things we looked at a couple minutes ago on the screen, we can mistakenly tie our purpose to what we can do. And we think, well, I can do this, so that's what my purpose is. We tie our purpose to what we can achieve. I'm good at this, so that's what my purpose is. Or we tie our purpose to what we can produce. I can make this, I can generate this. I'm good at doing that, so that's what my purpose is. We think our purpose has to do with something useful or good in the world. When we think our purpose is tied to our usefulness and our goodness, then when we don't feel very useful or we don't feel good, we feel like we don't have a purpose. And that's when we get confused because let's talk about purpose and usefulness. All right, there's a couple really cute, adorable babies out in our lobby. Ellis is adorable, Fable is adorable. All these babies are cute. But apologies to the parents. How useful are babies? You know, some of you are like, oh, have you ever seen a baby do laundry? Yes. Have you ever, has a baby ever driven you somewhere? Right? If we're talking about usefulness in our world, a cute little infant baby doesn't provide a lot of usefulness. So then we have to ask the question, if usefulness is our purpose, do we not have our purpose at birth? When do we get it? What if we never get a purpose? And so I think we need to get past this idea that my purpose is linked to how good I am at something or how useful I am at something, because what happens if what you're good at or what you're useful at goes away? Some of you guys are athletes. Some of you guys are real good athletes. I've been calling Emma Champ for a week now. She is Champ Lincoln. She's not Emma anymore. She's a baller. She is, man. She is. And hopefully she gets better and better and better. But what if she gets injured and she can't score no more points for her team? And all of a sudden, she's not that useful on the team. She might, if, her, if she's tied her purpose in life to that, all of a sudden, she's going to say, well, where's my purpose now? So when we link our purpose to our usefulness, there's a problem there because we're not always useful, and we're not always doing good. What about when we make a mistake? Maybe we're trying to do good, and we don't. Do, do, we have, do our lives have less purpose and meaning when we're less useful or good for the world? I don't think that's true. Or is it possible that we have a very different purpose than kind of our usefulness and our goodness, a purpose that doesn't change even when we do? Could discovering our true purpose give everything else in our lives meaning and direction and focus and clarity? I think that our true purpose never changes. I think that our true purpose is our purpose from birth, and from from womb to tomb, it remains the same. Our purpose never changes, no matter how much life does. In fact, guys, I would say your purpose doesn't change even when your circumstances do. Even when life changes around you, even when life feels really, really weird, your purpose remains the same. I struggled with this with this thought not that long ago. I've been the student director for a month here at Miles City, but before we started at Miles City, a lot of you know this, but not everybody, I was pastoring a church over in Garden City. I was a youth director for years, and then I stepped into the pastoral role because our pastor actually passed away, and the church voted me in, and I was the pastor for about six, seven years, and um, we had to make a really hard decision to close the doors of our church permanently, like the church closed uh, back in 2021, And I tried to make it work a few different ways. I tried to keep the doors open. I was set to step out of the role. And there's people that I wanted maybe to take over, and it just didn't happen. And we just had to make this call to close these doors. And I felt that I was being faithful to God. It sounds weird to say not pastoring is being faithful to God. But, guys, I believe it was the right move, and I believe that that's what God led us to do. But I struggled for a while. I struggled for a while because for years I had a role, right? I had a role in the church. I was the pastor, Pastor Jordan, that's what people called me, all right? I was Pastor Jordan to a whole flock of people, all right? And I made the mistake of thinking that that thing that I was doing was who I was. I made the mistake of tying that title that I had to who I was, even though I was giving it up, it wasn't being taken from me, I was giving it up willingly I struggled with the idea of giving that up. I lost some identity. I lost my sense of self. I struggled with my purpose. I struggled with my purpose in church, big church, all right, big C church, the church collectively. And I struggled for a while, even when I first started at Miles City, like I was coming and I was enjoying the services, but I was struggling with where to fit in and what to do because for me, I made the mistake of tying my purpose and my identity into a title and into a role that I had. So what happens when that role is taken away? or given away, I struggled a lot. I had God's purpose in my life wrapped up into the title of my job, and all of a sudden that job wasn't there anymore, and I was a man kind of without a purpose. So I'm talking to you as someone who has struggled with that, and I think that I have an answer for that, and here's what I had to understand, and it took me a while, and I'm so thankful for this church because it helped me understand it, and it helped me understand this, that I had a role, right? I had a role. I was a pastor, but I had a lot more roles than that, I'm a teacher, I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm a friend, I'm a coach. My team's at the championship tomorrow, go sons, all right? Uh, And more than any of that, I'm a child of God. And that is my biggest, that is my biggest role that I get to play. I am a child of God. Yes, I was a pastor, but I wasn't just a pastor, and yet I let myself believe that losing that title meant that I lost my purpose, and that just simply wasn't true. There are so many reasons why our lives might take turns we didn't expect or want, and that's why it's so important to understand, you guys, that the purpose and meaning of our lives are connected not to our roles or to our titles, it's connected to something much, much deeper than that. All right, Let's go to the scripture, in the Old Testament, we have this story about a guy named Isaiah, and he had a really unique experience that helped him discover his purpose, Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah was a prophet, and uh, as a prophet, his role was to share words of hope and, and warning and all kinds of different things to the people of Israel. And uh, before he was a prophet, this was not his full-time job, and he stepped into this role. So one day God asked Isaiah to do something. Isaiah chapter 6 says this, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, and I is Isaiah is writing this, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Seraphim are angels. Each had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Pause for a second. Isaiah, all of a sudden, is in the presence of God. And it said, God's just his robe fills up the entire temple. And these angels are, 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 are floating in air and they're singing, If I'm Isaiah, I crap my pants. All right, that's just what I do. All right, but that's not what he did. It says, And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Again, Isaiah says this Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. So, what Isaiah realizes in the presence of God real quickly is he sees the Lord and he realizes what he looks like, and he realizes, I'm done, I am nothing compared to God. I am a man of unclean lips, which is a fancy way of saying I live a messed up life and I make mistakes and I am a sinner and I am not worthy to be in this, in this spot right now and, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man representing people who are not worthy to be with this person. So Isaiah recognizes how incredible God is, the angels worship him, his robe fills the temple, his voice booms, he recognizes how imperfect he is And all of humanity in comparison, all of us have sinned. We tend to compare our sins to each other, but the fact is we're all sinners. And then we keep reading in verse 6 and 7. It says, then one of the seraphim, again, those are the angels, flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. Some of you struggle with purpose because you can't get past your sin. Some of you fail to believe that you have a good purpose in life, a solid purpose in life, a positive purpose in life, because you're so focused on what you've done wrong and what you're doing wrong, you think you're never going to get away from that. Isaiah, in the presence of God, says, I am a broken man, I am a sinful man, I woe is me, and the angel comes to him and it says, your sins are atoned for. That's what God wants to do with all of us. He wants to remind us that our sins have been paid for through Jesus. He finds forgiveness, something God is willing to give us all. We'll keep reading now. In verse 8, it says, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us?' Then I said, Here I am, send me. And he said, Go and say this to the people. Now this verse... As I read it, no, go ahead to the next one. This verse is not the most positive message. God says, here's what I want you to tell the people. Keep on hearing, but don't understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the hearts of this people dull and their ears heavy and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. So God brings Isaiah into his presence. Isaiah is floored at the at the. Perfectness of God and his imperfectness. He's forgiven, and God says, who's going to speak for me? And Isaiah says, I'll do it. And God says, go tell this, and he gives him this message that is not this happy, bright, positive message. Instead, Isaiah is told to go and uh, preach a message that people aren't going to listen to. And a lot of Isaiah's ministry and a lot of Isaiah's prophecy is him speaking words on behalf of God to people that reject it, that, that get angry with him, that mock him, and they just don't listen to him a whole lot. And here's the thing, Isaiah was faithful to God even when the words weren't popular, all right? Sometimes being faithful to God does not give you a popular response. And and we need to understand that our purpose is not defined in the response of other people, And it's not even necessarily divine in our faithfulness. We'll get to that in another minute, all right? But God says, go say this message. They're not going to listen. But look at what Isaiah said in remaining faithful. We jump ahead to Isaiah chapter 53. These are some of the words that Isaiah said. He's talking about someone. And I want you to think. You don't have to shout it out. Who do you think Isaiah could be talking about here? He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Next verse tells us this. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Isaiah is telling these people about a guy we know by the name of Jesus well before Jesus ever arrived. So Isaiah meets God. He's forgiven of his sins, and Isaiah is given a purpose, and he starts telling people about Jesus. Now Isaiah's message was rejected by a lot of people. Just like when we share Jesus with our friends and maybe our family, we might get rejected. If you're unsure, again, that is Jesus that he's talking about. Through Isaiah, God promised a Savior, someone in whom we can all put our hope, who would bring justice, who would bring peace, who would bring forgiveness, who would bring salvation. But Isaiah was not the only one called to tell others about Jesus. Jesus himself actually gives us a call. Let's jump ahead to Matthew chapter 28. Now, in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus has already died on the cross. He was pierced for our transgressions, just like Isaiah talked about. He's been, he's been crucified. He's been taken off the cross, buried. Three days later, he's resurrected, and he's back to life, and he's speaking to us now. He's speaking to his disciples, and he says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations." baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. We call this the Great Commission. One of the last things Jesus said to his disciples before he ascended to heaven was, was to say, go and make disciples. Isaiah comes face to face with God. He's forgiven of his sins, and he's given a directive to go and tell people about this Jesus without even knowing the name Jesus. Jesus comes and tells his, fi- his, his followers, his disciples, go tell people about me. So you might kind of be tracking this and thinking, okay, does that mean my purpose is to tell the world about Jesus? I could see how you would get there. And that's certainly something that God wants us to do but I don't think that's the best way to answer this question because I don't think our purpose is to tell people about Jesus. It's it's something we're supposed to do, but our purpose goes even deeper than that. See, God eventually gave Isaiah specific instructions, right? And Jesus gave his disciples specific instructions. But before God gave Isaiah those instructions, before Jesus gave his disciples those instructions, there was a face-to-face And there was a relational moment. Before Isaiah could know his mission, he had to begin by knowing God. And before Jesus' disciples could go and make disciples, they had to know who Jesus was. With God, our purpose has always been tied to a relationship with our creator. If you want to know, guys, why you're here, not here at Drive, but why you're here in this world, start by getting to know the one who put you in this world and laid the foundations for all of it because, guys, I'm going to give you your purpose. Your purpose is to know Jesus. That is your purpose. That is my purpose. Everything else is just add-ons. I like to play video games. In my mind, everything else is a DLC, right? Everything else is just a, a, an extra thing that we put in, put in, put in, put in. And for some of us, it looks different. Those add-ons are different. That's what makes us unique. That's what makes us individuals but every one of us, when we strip it all away, your purpose is to know Jesus. Some of y'all can sing great, and you get up on stage and you do it, and that's awesome. Some of you guys are born to be teachers, and you're going to do that one day. Some of you guys are athletes, and that's awesome. You can play ball. Some of you guys are poets. Some of you guys are, are, are just great with your hands, with, like, crafts and stuff like that. I'm the, I'm the least handy man in the world. Some of you guys are great at that stuff. Can I tell you something? None of that stuff is our purpose. None of that stuff is. Because none of that stuff lasts. None of that stuff is eternal. Our purpose is to know Jesus. So here's what I want you you to know. When you know Jesus, and I know that if I were to talk to you guys, you'd be like, well, yeah, I know Jesus. Jesus. You're not hitting me with anything new, Jordan. No, duh. I know Jesus. So what am I supposed to take with this? I want you to understand that I'm someone who knew Jesus for 20 years, and I still forgot that that was my purpose, all right? Just because we know him doesn't mean we remember every day that that's our purpose. We can lose sight of it. We can get wrapped up in all this other stuff. Whenever life hits you with these things, these left hooks, these right hooks, Mike Tyson, professional boxer, great, great quote. He says, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. You might have a plan laid out for life, but then life punches you in the mouth and all of a sudden your plans are busted. So what happens when you get punched in the mouth? Not physically, hope that doesn't happen. It might, hope it doesn't. What happens when life falls apart? What happens when your skills deteriorate? What happens when the thing that you put in all your effort, all your time, all your crafting into doesn't pan out? What happens when all that stuff doesn't last? What happens when you, like me, see yourself as who you've defined yourself as and you lose sight of who God defined you as? I lost sight of who God defined me as. Not to say that I ever thought Jesus didn't love me. Not to say that I didn't think that I was ever a follower of Jesus, but I thought being a pastor was my purpose. And listen, I haven't been a pastor my whole life, but I've always had a purpose. All right? I am known by Jesus, and I know him. He calls me friend. And through his sacrifice for me, I have been adopted into his family. Those of you guys who know my daughter know that we adopted her. And so adoption is very, very dear to me. And scripture makes it very clear that when we call on Jesus, he adopts us. Adoption is beautiful because the way I view it is this. Me and my wife, we sought out our little girl. We paid a price. We did all the work. We did all the lake work. We did everything. And then we went to her. Here's how I describe it. Imagine, imagine if adoption was, I pay the cost, I fill out the forms, I do the background checks, I do the sit-downs, I do the interviews, I do all the passport, and then I say, all right, kid, come on home. And I expect a two-year-old to fly across the world. No, I gotta go get my kid. And that's exactly what God did. He did all the work and He still left to come get us when Jesus came to this earth. God came looking for you. A lot of times you'll hear in church, you've got to go find God. Listen, God is the worst hide-and-seek player in the history of the universe, because if you go looking for him, you're going to find him like that, like that, like that. He reveals himself to you because he doesn't want to be hidden. He wants you to find him because he's been looking for you for a long time. You might be here every single week. You might be at church every single Sunday, but you haven't been looking for God. You've been looking for fun. You've been looking for friends. You've been looking for moments and emotions. You have not been looking for the Savior of the universe. Guess what? He's been here the whole time, and he's waiting for you to find him, and he's waiting for you to understand that your purpose is to know him. Your purpose is to know him, and when you know what your purpose is, then your life starts to take a clearer shape. Remember all the things Isaiah discovered when he encountered God? He didn't just see God. He also saw himself. He saw the world. He saw God how God could use him more clearly. So here's what I want you guys to do tonight. Let's go to the last slide. I want you to consider tonight. Here's a challenge. Take a few minutes. You can start tonight. We're not doing a small group or anything. When you go home tonight, before you go to bed, take a few minutes. Set a timer on your phone. Give yourself 10 minutes. Maybe open up the word. Maybe pray a little bit. Maybe, maybe, maybe read some scripture. Go home and read Isaiah chapter 6. It's a great one to start with. But what I want you to do is I want you to picture yourself face To face with God I want you to to take that time and that moment to spend some time with him and I want you to ask yourself these these questions what do I notice about God what do you notice about God when you get into his word what do you notice about him when you pray and you go to him what do you notice about him when you're here when you're here and you're singing those songs maybe you're lifting your hands maybe you're doing it just to be goofy maybe you're doing it because you're really led to that's whatever what do you notice about God What do you notice about yourself when you start getting into the Word? That's something I struggle with. I'll read a tough verse, and I'm like, ooh, that's about Ryan Mills, not me. Because I want to deflect, right? But to really ask those tough questions, you say, what what do I notice about myself? What do I notice about the world? When we get into God's Word, what does it reveal to us about the world? What it reveals to me is that we are in a world that desperately, desperately needs Him. The last thing I want you to ask yourself is what might God be asking me to do? Today? What might God be asking you to do today? It might be something really, really big. It might be something really, really simple. He might be saying, hey, you know what? It's time for you to lay that thing down. He might be saying to you, you know what? It's time to give it up. He might be saying to you, you know what? It's time to forgive them. And He might be saying, you know what? It's time to know that you are forgiven. I don't know what God wants you to know tonight, but I know this. He loves you. He sent his son to die for you, and he wants to adopt you into his family. I know that a lot of you here already have made that decision if you have not. Salvation is actually really, really simple because, like adoption, Jesus did all the work. All he has, all we have to do is enter into the family. The book of Romans tells us if we confess with our mouth that Jesus Uh, Is Lord, and we believe in our heart that, that He died and God rose Him from the dead, we will be saved. It's easy. Believe in your heart, confess it with your mouth, and you'll be saved. If you've never done that before, tonight is a great night to do that. But for those of us who have done that, let's talk about our purpose. Our purpose is to know Jesus. Do you think you know Him enough? Some of you guys tune me up because you're like, okay, I know Jesus. Do you know Him enough? The answer is, no, you probably don't. We can always know more. We can always grow, grow closer. And we can always seek out more of him. So my challenge is for you to do that. We're going to close with a word of prayer just a second. And again, one last time, I'm going to challenge you. Ask these questions to yourself tonight. Spend some time with God tonight. I don't know how, uh, how you do it best. Maybe it's through worship music. Maybe it's through prayer. Maybe it's through scripture. Maybe it's through talking to someone and asking those questions that you don't have the answers for. But consider these questions. Let's pray together. And as we pray, if you're here tonight, and you say, Jordan, I've never been adopted into the family. I've never made Jesus my savior. I wanna do that tonight. I'm gonna ask you to come find me before you go home tonight. And I'd love to talk with you about that. Well, let's pray as we we close this out. Father, we come to you tonight. I am so thankful that you have given me a purpose. God, I'm thankful that everyone in this room has a purpose, and I'm thankful that our purpose is simply to know you. It is not tied to our skills. It is not tied to our abilities. It is not tied to our intellect. It is not tied to anything good about us. It is not tied to anything useful about us because we could lose all that, and we could use all that, and we could mistreat all that. Our purpose is to know you, Jesus. Thank you for being a God that is knowable, Thank you for being a God that doesn't hide from us, that doesn't conceal himself from us. Thank you for being a God who seeks us out, who loves us, who wants us, who will adopt us. Father, I praise anyone who is coming to you tonight to become a child of God. For those of us who are, Father, I challenge, I ask you to challenge our hearts. I ask you to challenge our hearts. Move our hearts, God. Let us never be content with where we are in you and always be seeking to get closer and closer to you. We love you because you loved us first. We ask all of these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.